When it's cold outside Who are you holding? You know If y'all don't mind I'd like to talk about this woman of mine She's always complaining about me never being at home I'm the thing that a girlfriend's got What she ain't got And she want me to go out and get them for her But, but girl, I can't be in two places at one time If you think you're moaning now huh. Wait until tonight, girl I'll be more Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. We in like episode 113 now. If you don't know who we are by now, then you really just don't mess with us, to be honest. It's the realest co-host breathing when I hold my breath. Well, EF. I appreciate that. I'm always Jay. Never change. One day. One day I'm going to change. I've been working on change. People get ready. There's a change coming. I guess no, the intro took you back, huh? It, it, it took me way back. It, I, I felt like it was a Friday night and I was at my grandma's house, low key. Which I used to do at your grandma's house on a Friday night. Moms used to go out, so you know, you dropped the kids off. Oh, man. Black people don't change. Oh, <laughs> Black man. people don't change. Bruh, you actually beat me too by saying that, that, by making that statement. I mean, that was kind of the purpose of the intro. I mean, I know people don't listen to song lyrics these days. They just listen to beats, but I feel like Bobby Womack was on point. You know, like, women and men pretty much have remained stagnant in their belief systems since the 20th century. Like, since dating has been a thing, nothing has really changed. Like, you could kind of always sense that tug of war of this is how things should be you know, but hey, this is what's happening. I mean, reality, it really, really seems like reality is something that has always been the defining factor on whether a couple will make it. Because it's like, they both have different realities. One person sees something one way, the other person sees something the other way. I'm starting to not even think it's communication anymore. It's literally... It's just what you believe. It's what you believe. You it's believe your it reality. She believes it should be this way. He believes it should be that way. And if those beliefs don't intertwine, then it just kind of, you know, you're kind of... It's a constant pull, um, push and pull, like you said. Yeah, to the war. Like, it's amazing to me how you could be sitting there talking to a person of the opposite sex and, you know, they'll, be, they'll present their feelings to you, you present your feelings to them... And all it seems like you're going in circles. And, and even if somebody apologizes, I really sense that nowadays apologizing is just that it's just that bookmark. 
it's that bookmark of saying, yeah, we just going to stop here because this is pointless. So I'm going I'm to put this apology in here, and then we'll pick up where we left off eventually because some dumb shit is going to happen again. I mean, mistakes are inevitable. To, to me, I've, I think I've said this before, is like, if it's something that isn't going to matter in three days, I don't think it should be argued about. It definitely shouldn't be argued about. I think I think it, that should, it should be addressed. Yeah. You should bring it up. Hey, hey, you, I don't like when you you know get mad and you call me out of my name. You know, you get mad, whatever, but don't get mad and start calling me names. Cool. All right. Boom. Moving on. Because in three days, I'm probably not gonna remember the name that you called me. True. 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 Um, I think that's one of the beautiful things about being single. Uh, I feel like the only arguments you're gonna have are your internal conflicts, like. And and that that only goes as far as how crazy you are. But I mean, if you're if you're single, you're alone. The only things that are going to stress you out are the things that you you give you know you give you give life to. Yeah. Like, and, and the things that probably just bother you internally, and you're just constantly on that road of trying to, how do I say, um, constantly better yourself. So therefore, you're like, damn, I need to do this. I need to do that. Diets, new routines, breaking bad habits. Those are the type of conflicts you're dealing with when you're single. But other than that, I mean, you don't have to take on anybody else's bullshit. I think I deal with those conflicts the most at night. Like when I, get in, when I get in bed, it's like you start thinking and you start recounting your day. It's like, I could have done this. I could have did this. I could have did this. I should have did this. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to do this. You, you kind of make those little promises, those little commitments to yourself that this is how I'm going to better my life tomorrow. I'm going to do these things to make my life better. Definitely. And, um... I think it's I think it's actually a beautiful thing to have those moments when you're by yourself because that's to me the best time you have to fix yourself. I think too many people are we we talked about this before are serial monogamous to the point where they never actually have that opportunity to actually fix themselves because they're always jumping into relationships and their flaws are being their flaws are being pointed out pointed out by their partner rather than them figuring it out on their own and. With, with both genders having egos, whether people want to admit it or not, I mean, it exists. I can't really point out the difference between, well, not, not necessarily the difference between, but like how the egos are triggered in both sexes. I can tell that men are more um, inclined to have their egos, their egos triggered. And when I say egos triggered, I mean like to feel a way when it's something physical about them, like, or even materialistic, meaning, like, obviously, you know, dude got a small penis, small penis, that hurts his ego, so he goes out and gets a big truck on the big wheels, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, ain't shit you can do about a small penis. <laughs> compensate, you know, and um, I think, I think for women, it's more along the lines of, uh, I think, being wrong, you know, like, just literally just being wrong, and that really, that really affects him in a way. And, but, uh, yeah. I think that the person that, once the relationship ends, the person that believes that they were correct, uh-huh. they don't try to improve themselves. That's dangerous. Like, dangerous. you know, like, I think, I think both parties need to do some self-improvement going forward. Cause of course. Because like, I always say, you know, in a relationship, you lose pieces of yourself and you gain pieces of that other person. So you have to build this new person that you are on the opposite end coming out. And so to stay stagnant means you don't learn from the lessons that cost you the relationship, even if you were right or wrong in the ending of the relationship, because I find that to be bi-directional as well. Like, both people play a part. It's not, oh, this relationship ended solely because of my fault. So if you stay stagnant, you really don't learn anything, and you take that into your next relationship. That's some real shit. That's some real shit. I like that. And it's funny that you say that, because I think that we're in a time period now where, 
Um, I spoke about this before, the Dunning-Kruger effect, which basically, you know, people think they're smarter than they really are. And um, I, as, you, as you see, like, the trending news lately, um, I can tell that people, especially people under 40, tend to be a lot more arrogant these days because of the little information that they have. Um, it bothers me to hear people always talk about growth, but at the same time, they do nothing, not necessarily they don't do anything, but there's really no proof that they're trying to change. Everybody knows better, but that's not something they're trying to do. Because, I mean, me and you sit here and we're talking about, hey, you know, it, it's important to, to learn from our past mistakes, learn from our past relationships, but what are you doing personally to, to enhance yourself for the next person that comes along? And I'm asking that question to you. Oh, uh, what I do personally? What are you doing personally? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's but the no, truth. No, you know? like, I, I think it, it is a, a conscious evaluation of like, okay, this is why my last relationship ended. Mm-hmm. And then to keep it a buck, I had I was too friendly. Basically, I, I had too many friends. Even though we hate that, I hate that personally. But you, you can't be you can be easily run over. You could be a doormat. Yeah, you can you can have so start cutting people off. You know, like like making that circle a little smaller. Like, of course, I I, I keep my boys, but it it was an issue of the amount of female friends that I had to an extent. And so, and I, and, and, you know, as much as you say, oh, well, you know, this is just my home girl, you know, I ain't never did nothing with this woman or anything like that. The opposite, your, your significant other isn't going to be a hundred percent comfortable with that. Even in 2018, even in 2018. And, and you have to understand that. And so with that, I'm like, okay, cool. I need to have fewer female friends because this isn't going to be acceptable going forward in any relationship. I think that ties back to the intro too, because. I personally feel like myself, even though I don't fuck with a lot of people, I do plan on unmeeting a lot of people in 2019, just due to the fact that they just really, they're taking up space. Taking up space and not adding any value. Exactly. And that, and I think that was the biggest thing, because like, these people might have added value to my life in the past, and that's why they made it this far, but those that aren't adding any value in the current, and I say current meaning the past 18 to 24 months not adding any value to my life, then it's kind of like, why do you need to have these, why do you need to maintain these relationships? Exactly. I mean, we always talk about groupthink and we always talk about how, you know, for the most part in our experiences as black men, we, we feel that that's something that's real detrimental to the black community is there, there's a lot of groupthink going on. And when you're an individual person and you happen to not, you know, agree with the group, you're outcasted. Uh, last week we had World Mental Health World Mental Health Day, right? Um, I felt like it's 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 funny to me that um, World Mental Health Day is something that's being so strongly embraced by our community now. When it's it's world, mental health has always been an issue. I had a little powwow last week because it just became frustrating to me because I constantly keep seeing these international days, these national days, and it's like. Y'all can't be this stupid. Like, um, I was talking to Ash, and um, Ash was, you know, you know, saying like, "Hey, well, I don't have an issue with National Come Out Day," and I'm like, "That's that's fine," you know. She said, "Yeah, you know, there are people out there that find it hard to come out." I said, "That's cool," but my issue is letting the U.S. government or U.S. corporations and big big Whoever businesses hallmark, yes, the hallmark style don't people. let them hallmark your lifestyle because that is fucked up. They don't care about you. 
My homeboy Sean said it best on the one we feel like a podcast. Mental health is a thing, but you're letting them exploit you for mental health. You can't visualize mental health anymore without somebody bringing up therapy now. Now, guess what? Now, if not every black person is talking about, oh, therapy's cool. You know, therapy is an, an exceptional thing to do. What they doing now? Running to the therapist, shelling their money off. Not knocking that. You can do that all you want, but just think about that cycle. The government, not the government, but big businesses and corporations act like they give a fuck about you. The next thing you know, you're shelling out your dollar. And the next thing you know, it's, you're, 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 you're still where you are. Like, <laughs> you haven't moved a step. You're still angry. You're still pissed off. You're still dealing with anxiety. Uh, I meant to talk about it last week, but if you really just, if you're not lazy and you're not bored and you're, and you're probably bored, just literally look up what mental illness is. Like, mental illness is so, it's so elementary. Like, literally anything that strays away from the normal thought process of the normal being, you can be considered mentally ill. Simply being anxious will, can be considered a mental illness. Bro, let me, let me tell you, at work Thursday, like from the moment I got to work, like my anxiety was super high. And the best way I could describe it is, you know how like the Ninja Turtles jump into the sewer and they, you know, just slide through the, the, the sewer or whatever. My anxiety was like if I fell into the sewer and I got stuck, like the walls Jesus. were right there on me and I couldn't go anywhere. Good Lord. Like that's the kind of anxiety that I was having Friday. Like I was like, I, I, told my boss, I was like, I was like, look, no, it was Thursday. It's like, look, I got to go home. Like, right. I, I, I'm just like not in the area. I was like, my anxiety is high and I can't focus. I'm going home. Yeah, but you made it through. Oh, I mean, I, mean, I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to, you know, like die. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but I knew that in that moment in time, the level of my anxiety, I, I couldn't function that day. And you, and you made it, and you, you knew you, you gave yourself a solution to make it through. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's, that's what draws that. How do I say this? That there are two different types of people in this world. Uh, I can say that in so many different ways, <laughs> but there, in this case of mental health, there are definitely two types of people. There are people that are going to see that solution, and they're gonna they're gonna find a way out themselves. And then there are other people that are just gonna come dependent on either a drug, uh, alcohol, or a person, a therapist, or psychiatrist, or whatever. I mean, to each its own. But we both know that your the um the background your the environment you were raised in is gonna be the determining factor on whether you can make it through those uh, high anxiety driven moments. You know, because if you're a weak motherfucker, you're a weak motherfucker. There ain't nothing you can do about that. Right. You know, I, I once again, I, I think I'm on Dave Chappelle's side with this. Like, a lot of us couldn't be celebrities, man. We no. break. No. We break. I, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, I don't. That's that's one of the reasons why. Like, I like the fact that I, I'd rather just be a voice. Like, I don't need everybody in my face. That's why so many people under forty uh, that are a part of this this uh, social media you know, this digital era that we live in, that's why so many people are seeming so mentally unstable because they're crossing over into a lifestyle that almost mirrors what it's like to be a celebrity. You got 13, 1400 followers on whatever website and you constantly feel the need to seek validation from these 12, 1300 people that don't give a fuck about you. They literally just, they're just watching you out of boredom. So therefore, you, you catch yourself in this cycle Constantly trying to to entertain, just like a like a popular celebrity would. 
But the difference between them is they're getting paid for it. They actually have a talent. You know, they didn't. A lot of them, they were naive. Like, they realized, like, hey, you know, like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, Daniel Radcliffe wasn't thinking about well, paparazzi when he was trying out for Harry Potter. No. You know, he was like, shit, I get to. I, I get need to, a job. I get to get a job. I get to literally be a part of a possible billion dollar franchise with this up and coming author. Yeah. And look at his life now. Like, it's like, yeah, these movies were dope. Like, I, I need to, I mean, the books were dope. I need to get into these movies. Exactly. It, 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 but they, no, people don't think about that. Like, people don't think about the um, the future in the sense of what it's going to be like in the next six months to a year. Everybody just kind of, you know, they just go with the flow. And going with the flow can be kind of lazy sometimes because when you go, go with the flow, you, you find yourself in, in this cycle of stupidity. And that's pretty much where we are now. A few minutes ago, when you were talking about being too nice, I said that you could be a doorbat. I wasn't talking about you. I, I, no, <laughs> I I, about we, we've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, know, I know what you, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. But but, but being too I friendly, I mean, I, I can be a doormat. Mm-hmm. Like this this weekend, for example, I was a great friend. I was a great son all day Friday, all day Saturday. You did a real good job. I I, I applaud you. I, I, was, I saw you. I, was, I saw you. And then you know. Hold up, hold up, pause real quick. I just thought about something. How the fuck did you end up in Dallas the other week? We never talked about that. We're going to come back to you being this great son and friend and all well, that. Well, no, it, it flows into it because my, oh, okay. my mom hit me up Sunday morning. She's like, you know, what you got going on today? It's like, you know, my, my one of my best friends, his son is turning two. You know, he got, he got a party going on. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, well, I'm, I want to go to the Dallas and visit your sister and, um, and, and pick up your niece and stuff like that. She's like, you know, I want to see if you could ride with me. And I know mom drives bad. I mean, she doesn't drive bad, but she doesn't see well at night. So, you know, she oh, doesn't like okay. to drive at night. And I knew that whatever What time, time of day was this? She called me early. Because we recorded last Saturday. Right. And you left Saturday night? No, I left Sunday morning. Oh, we, okay. just did a, we just did a turnaround. So we went up there Sunday, came back Sunday night, and then I helped Again, being the good person I am, I help. Well, when, it's hard to say you're a good person when you're doing stuff for family, because it almost feels like an obligation. Yeah. So then, so we went up there Sunday, came back Sunday. I stayed the night at her house, and then Monday she was taking her old bedroom set to my grandma. So I took that down, put it in a U-Haul, drove it to grandma's house, got it out, put it all together on Monday. Good, good. So that's how I ended up. Okay. I. I spend my weekends being a good person. You try to. You try to, try to try to do good deeds. I try to do my good deeds. Mm. But also, I started realizing that people don't check on you when they don't need you. Hey, that's 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 why to me in a relationship, and this is this is this can be an ego thing too. But this is advice for women out there. Like, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how good you look. I don't care. I don't care what your situation is. Um, and obviously this can go for both genders too, but I think that women have a, a, a tendency of doing this the worst. Like they, um, they have this sense of when you get so independent that you, they don't have that need for you. Like, and that's just to me, like people really fail to realize how good it, it how good it feels to be needed. And when you actually have somebody genuinely in your presence that doesn't mind helping you, like that makes them feel good. And that makes them feel important in your life. Other than that, I mean, what else is there? That's that's what one, actually one of my friends, Kim, told me that she's like, Brooks, you're too independent. So like when women come to you, it's kind of like, okay, he doesn't need me to cook for him. He doesn't really need me to do his laundry. Like 
you know, I can't, you know, advise him financially. I can't tell him how to get his shit together because he has his shit together. So the only thing that I can possibly do is love and care for him. And, and if that's then, all you need, though. And that's all you really need. But if that person doesn't feel they can love and care for you like you want or uh, like they're supposed to, mm -hmm. then it makes it gives them a complex. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. I need some kind of leverage here because like like you mentioned earlier, there's always a push or pull of power in the relationship. Okay, I need some kind of leverage that's going to keep him here. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what ultimately And if you maximize to. that love and that care, that's mm -hmm. what's going to keep somebody there always. Mm -hmm. I guess... I mean, I mean if you can give, you can, you can give somebody financial assistance and stuff, but once you stop, they can, you know, if that was all they were there for, they can still leave. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's hard to leave somebody that's really loving and caring for you, mm -hmm. supporting you. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 in that instance you should realize most humans should realize that when you're dealing with things in this external world that you're pretty foolish to to have so much reliance on physical things. Like if you just if you're only there if somebody's only there and they're financially supporting you, like you said, that's easily replaceable. If somebody's there and there it's just sex that's easily replaceable. Like, or if you only mess with this dude because he's good with his hands, like that's easily replaceable. There are a lot of that shit has to come intrinsically. Like meaning like that love care and that, that just those learning moments. Like for me, I really hate when I'm dealing with a person like, and I, I've been dealing with them for a while and I feel like I haven't learned shit from them. Like you haven't taught me anything. Like this is, this is boring me, yeah. you know? And, and just being honest, like I, I, I really, I really come across that. And then the average argument is going to be like, well, you know a lot. Eh, I don't. I don't. And there's so much. It's, it's, it's not that I know a lot. It's like I know things. I know different things. Yeah. And there's always something there's a lot that of stuff that you me. know that yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and exactly. There's a lot of stuff that I know that you don't know. So it's not that I know a lot. It's just I know different things. That, that's that's another thing that, that's plaguing us in the black community is because it's almost like in the black community, everybody is getting their 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 learning and their education from this, like, it's almost like we have this one apple tree that all black people rely on. And only, the only thing that comes off that apple tree is pretty much, it's, I mean, it's just apples. <laughs> you know, like, so if, if your, if your education and your focus is constantly coming from these apples and, and you're, you're all relying on these apples, like, what else is there? You know, it's, it's, it's a scary, it's a scary thing to look at, but I really feel like some of the smarter black people that I know, you know, they're willing to get up, get, you know, they'll pick off the apple tree, but then they'll go to this orange tree too, go to this, this pear tree. They're, they're constantly moving around trying to, trying to culture themselves further because in all honesty, like our parents can only teach us so much. Yeah. And I mean, and you're seeing that now, like our parents only taught us so much and we're, we're stepping into this new AI driven world and there's not a lot our parents could teach us about technology. They didn't have the technology we had. So we're teaching them stuff. But as far as them, we, we're teaching them stuff, we can still take some of their traditional ways of thinking and apply it to the new shit. But that only goes so far. Mm -hmm. So now we have to start kind of thinking outside the box in order to, to be more successful. But I think a lot of us are scared to do that. Yeah. And it, it's like, I don't think it might be a level of fear but it also might be a level of how to like mm -hmm. the black community, not too many black people, you know, getting married. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's crazy. Cause in our, in our mix of friends, we have several people that are married and are getting married. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty unique. But 
you know, typically in the back black community, people don't go through the whole get Process. married. You just live together forever, mm -hmm. basically. And so as a lot of that comes to the, the how to. Well, well, how do I, I how do I go pick out a ring? Do I just go get a ring? What, how much how much value should I put in this ring just as much as I can afford? Or, or do, do I need to talk to her parents before I get married? Or, or do I just talk to her? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to marry her anyways. You know, I don't give a shit what they say. Or, or is, it, is it a sign of respect? You know, what do I do? How, how do these marriages work? How do these combining households work? Like, we don't, it's a, it's a know-how in some senses because you just don't know. And it's your first try a lot of times. So, right. I mean, once again, it's not something that we can really ask our parents about. Like, because relationships, dating, all that type of shit. I mean, in the past 10 years, it's changed drastically. The thing, the thing that drives the success of a relationship today does not drive, wasn't driving it 20 years ago and even five years ago, maybe. So there are so many questions to be asked. And I think with that level of fear that you just spoke about, that's the problem. She, a lot of people I know are scared to ask questions. Like the, the the fear of asking questions because they don't want to be embarrassed. Exactly. That started in school. Want like, want to look a certain way. Yeah. Oh, oh, boys out here trying to get married, man. All these hoes out here, you want to get married? Yeah, you right. I'm tripping. You know, yeah. I, I need to stay in these streets. My nigga, you thirty. Exactly. Like, <laughs> what what are in these streets that you haven't seen and done already? Exactly. Your your motivation for single for being single or wanting to remain single should be deeper than that. And if you want to have that conversation with me, I can I can take you there. But I say this all the time. Everybody everybody ticks a little different, and you have to. This is something that I've realized too in the past couple of years. Like we're so convinced that the American dream is this American dream of the white picket fence and, you know, the kids and blah, 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 this and that. And to me, that's like an 18th century ideal. You have to understand that the things that were being accomplished, you know, in the, in the 1900s and the 1800s are a lot more complex today. So when you're walking into these situations, you need to take that into consideration because the architects of this dream weren't, weren't anything like us. They didn't look like us. They didn't think like us. They didn't have the same distractions we have. Like, you have to think about those things. And me personally, I'm comfortable with my current situation because of the simple fact that, like, I I've seen so much. And at the end of the day, my goals in the next five to seven years don't have a, a, a woman on the side of me. Like, that's not my goal. But there are a lot of people out there that have that goal. And both of those goals are okay. Yeah, they're literally like, there's nothing wrong. With, like, it's your life. Live it however you want to. Just don't hurt people. Like, that's me. Like, like even even the conversation I was having with, with my boys yesterday, you know, it's talking about the situations we all in. It's like, you know, if you choose to go back to this same person five, six, seven times, that's your decision. True. Like, if there, there's something about that person that's making you happy. You know, maybe y'all haven't figured out all the kinks or whatnot, but if you choose to go back to this person, that's your decision. True. Your friend's going to support you. Unless you just over there, hey, he whooping your ass. You don't yeah, need yeah, to keep it, going back here. It's a certain amount of mental and physical abuse that I can only take so much personally. So if I'm witnessing a, a high level of physical, mental, any type of abuse, and I feel like it's, it's like so unhealthy... You know, I'll speak on it, and you know I will. Mm -hmm. But um, I once again, man, we're we're in a we're in a time period where 
if 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 somebody knows better, then I, I'm I'm gonna give them the I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, eventually they'll do what's right for them. Cause, man, I don't know if you see that post that I put up with uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. He 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 basically my favorite part of it where he was like, bro, like I fucked up many times. I made many mistakes over and over. But it, I mean, that is a part of life. That is a part of getting better. Like you're not about to go through life like. Steph Curry from the three-point line, bro. <laughs> it is not just, it's not going to be that flawless. It's going to be, you're going to miss a lot of shots, bro. And they, you see those posts where they say, you know, what would you go tell 20-year-old you? I wouldn't tell 20-year-old me nothing. Because you still got to, you got to make those mistakes to get you to where you are. I believe in the better politics, If I told 20-year-old me, hey, take this $200 and invest in Google. Just do it. That puts me on a different trajectory. Exactly. So, you know, I got to trajectory, let tw- different mistakes. Different mistakes. <laughs> I got to let 20-year-old me make make, 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 make those mistakes. That I mean. 20-year-old me might invest in Google, become a millionaire, become addicted to Coke, and, you know, might go down a completely different way. I can see that. 20-year-old, <laughs> 20-year-old me might, you know, become a become a celebrity that can't handle the fame yep. and end up committing suicide. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I got to let 20-year-old me do 20-year-old me things. Yeah, yeah, live live life. Live life. I mean, that's what you're going to do regardless. And more than likely 20-year-old me probably would have listened to this random ass niggas coming. Like, nigga, you look like me. You like, who are you? Like say, I don't even listen to niggas that look like me. Today. Exactly. Like Yeah, but um uh when I sit there and think about Man, I just think about the 21st century and where we are now. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a post floating around that was speaking about. I, for, I, I, I wish I could have found it. I just can't. It, it doesn't matter. Most people that have an Instagram or whatever ha- have seen it, and it basically asked a question: um, What type of men are women dealing with today? And it lists like six traits. Um, I think, like you know. One of them had to do with, you know, being narcissistic. One of them being a manipulator. You know, one of them being like, oh, he's a mama's boy. He's a baby. Um, it was quite a few of them. It was like five or six of them. And with us being podcasters, of course, we saw that. And it was addressed to us. And people asked how we felt about it. I was like, shit, I think it's pretty accurate. Who am I to tell you that the truth of this woman that made this list is false? So it has to be I don't be know accurate. her experience. Exactly. It has to be accurate. And if multiple women are seeing this, then it, it, it only makes sense for me to say, yeah, it's pretty accurate. Um, but before I before I jump into that, um, I, it was funny because I was, uh, have you seen this Despicable Me 3? I might have. Is that, that the one where he has a woman that he ends up falling in love with? That's the second one. Okay. The yeah. third one's when he meets his brother. His long no, lost brother. Yeah, yeah, three. yeah. So, so I mean, you know who Agnes is, right? Yeah. Agnes is obviously that's my favorite one. She, 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 she's the goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of goat, <laughs> <laughs> so Despicable Me Three, uh, I, it was fucking hilarious because I mean, obviously everybody knows Agnes loves unicorns. So uh, when she goes out to uh, this new place where uh, Gru meets his brother, um, this this village that they're in, they talk about. This they have a unicorn there. You go to you know you go out to the you know these enchanted forests. It's like hey, there's a unicorn out there, like for real. And obviously, uh, Agnes's sister is like, there's no such thing as unicorns. Like you just gotta let it go. But with Agnes being so innocent 
and being, you know, the naive little girl that she is and her having that hope, she's like, no, nah, like, I'm going to go out to this forest and we're going to find this fucking I'm see unicorn. This unicorn. I'm going to see this unicorn. So, you know, she she goes to bed early. She gets up the next day. She's like, hey, let's go. About to go find this unicorn. So she goes out to the forest, man. And I feel like it was so fucking hilarious because she found the unicorn or what she thought was a unicorn. It was actually just a disabled goat. Which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. It's a disabled goat. And, and, and my point of bringing this up is, I mean, the reality is, you know, unicorns don't exist. And, and, but no matter what, depending on who you are, yes, you can still hold that belief. And in this, in this sense, you'd be shocked when I'm talking about men, when I'm talking, when I'm, when I'm making this statement, a lot of men out there have this perceived notion that I'm going to find that unicorn. I'm going to find that one. Um, but the reality is it's not going to happen. You're going to be like Agnes and you might find that disabled goat that you're going to love and cherish just like it was a unicorn. And hopefully you you do find that. And, and and for women, like women have always been have, have been given this ideal that, you know, they sit in the, they sit in their they sit in their rooms late at night praying for Prince Charming, but the reality is it's never gonna happen. You might you might think of Meghan Markle and you might sit there and think to yourself, Okay, well, Meghan Markle like she she found her prince and I'm just like, Hey, that's that's like one in seven billion. It, it, it's probably not going to happen to you. So with that being said, I'd like to segue into the portion of the show that may get us a lot of flack from women because I feel like, although this is a very gynocentric society that we live in, it's still fair for us guys to be able to say, hey, what do we see in the dating world? Like, what are, what are six traits that we see that we feel like probably every man has come across in his 12 years of dating. And me and Mr. Brooks here, we compiled a list. It's actually a pretty, pretty nice list. Is it? Think so? I think it is. Okay. Um, you want to, I go one, you go one? Yeah, we'll go one for one. You, you start off. Okay, well, in 2018, I feel like, uh, I guess I'll go, I'll go with my number one. And I say, I think it's common for men to come across undercover prostitutes, like the escort pay for play type chick that um, has a virgin complex. You know what I mean when I say that? No. Like, basically, you're knowingly dealing with this this woman that you know has multiple bodies, has been through the ringer, and she, I mean, in all honesty, she really, she really isn't the Virgin Mary that she pretends to be. Okay. Because that's, because okay. I mean, in a sense, like, that's what's out there right now. Like, you have a lot of women out there that come to you as if their vagina has never been touched by anybody. And it's like, hold on now. I'm not putting your worth in your vagina. But at the same time, let's just escape this delusion that you, you're you so pure that when I approach you, I'm not going to approach you in a lustful manner because we are, we are, we are who we are. And a lot of times, um, with me being a guy that doesn't believe in love at first sight, I do believe in the love of a of a woman's physical features at first sight. Like I'm like, oh God, you know, like I want that. You will lust exactly, you know, and it's and it's only common to do that. And I think that the reason to me that's a, that's one of my that's on my number one on my list is because it becomes so hard to deal with a person that 
is speaking to you as if they're pure. Like people have to remember the white dress that a woman puts on at a wedding <laughs> definitely symbolizes purity. Supposed so, to symbolize it, purity. It, no, it did. It that's what it represents. No matter how demented and confused we are today, that is what that white dress represents, and that is what is it will always represent. The fact that we have turned the moral compass so far from where it used to be is the only reason we have accepted the fact that we can put Amber Rose in a wedding dress, which isn't right in a sense, but it is what it is because once again, we are not perfect. But for me, once again, I feel like that's a number one trait that bothers me because it has to do a lot with ego. And it's like, you got your head up so high and it, you really sh you need to humble yourself because mm -hmm. you're just as flawed as the guy that's trying to talk to you. Because we, we see the men are dogs, men are dogs, men are dogs thing so much that men don't have an argument back for that, not realizing that, well... You kind of program <laughs> it into, into us like, well, you, I'm the dog that you tell me that I am. It's kind of like when you break down... You know, if you tell a child, oh, you ain't never going to be shit. You ain't never going to be shit. You ain't never going to be shit. That child is going to grow up thinking like, well, I'm not going to be shit. So I might as well rob and steal and kill because, you know, that's what people who aren't shit end up doing. So if you tell, you know, tell men ain't shit, men ain't shit. You keep telling your man, you ain't shit. You ain't you a dog and stuff like this. He's eventually going to start believing that. Not only that, I mean, and, and I'm not even pointing fingers here. All I'm asking is, who are these dogs fucking? You know what I'm saying? Like, who are these dogs sleeping with? These dogs are probably sleeping with other dogs. And dogs don't just come in one gender. No. <laughs> you know, that's 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 just my true belief. I'll stand by it. And once again, I know people will be offended by it, but a lot of y'all women know y'all got friends out there that have multiple bodies. And and once again, that's not saying anything negative about them. But if you're gonna if you're going to live that lifestyle, then you have to understand that it's going to come with a certain type of energy. Like, energy doesn't lie. And, like, you attract who you are a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But that's my number one. What you got? Okay, my number one is social media obsession. Because hmm. in this day and age, we have social media at our hands. And, and I can't tell you how many times that I've been scrolling Instagram Closed the app, put my phone down, picked it right back up and opened the app right again. Like just unconsciously did it. And it's like, oh, I just got off of here. Why did I just do this? Mm -hmm. But this social media obsession, it goes two ways. Mm -hmm. There's a social media obsession of that. You know, your significant other is always on there, always posting or, you know, always liking stuff. And, you know, just constantly obsessed with it. You know, they got to have, oh, I got to put this picture of, of me up. And I can't put put a picture up in this outfit because I already got a picture with this outfit on there. And this goes for men and women. Yes. This isn't just saying, you know, women do this. Cause I but know, you have a huge problem with the women that do it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's a huge problem. But I, it's something that I've noticed in, in the dating in field, the dating and, field. And, and being with somebody in this day and age. And like, it also goes to the point where it's like, I need to track my significant other's social media too. I need to know who he's following. I need to know what pictures he's liking. You know, I need to know what comments they're making. Feeling your anger. Basically, you're, you're making yourself angry because a lot of times, I mean... You're making yourself crazy. Exactly. And I spoke about this earlier. It's like, you can't sit there and realistically think that 
once you find out that Jay is friends with so-and-so, women are competitive. So if, if woman X knows subconsciously that woman Z looks better than her and y'all are close, it's going to bother her and it's going to cause problems, unnecessary tension. And see, my thoughts and feelings have always been, I will never know all the people my significant other knows. I'll never know. Like I could be with this person for fifty years, and we could come across somebody in the store, and they Damn, could be. You knew her? That was that was you. You know, we went to third grade together, and it'll be new information to me. That's life. I yeah. will never know that, and I'm okay with that. <clears throat> and I'm not searching for it either. And I'm not. I'm not searching for it either. I'm okay with that. I know I'm not. No, I'm never going to. Like we mentioned earlier, I'm never going to know everything that you know, and I'm never going to know everybody that you know, and that's okay as long as you. Oh yeah, this was such and such. You know. Because to me, if I can, my trust in more than anybody in this world should come in my significant other. Because I chose you out of, you know, out of the billions of people singing Kumbaya on this earth. Mm. I chose you. Yeah. This family, I got stuck with them. But my significant other and these friends, these were the people I chose to hang out with. Not the mutuals necessarily. The mutuals not not the mutuals you. necessarily, but you know the, the the ones that I handpicked. You know I chose these people. So if I can't trust these people, then that's on me. True. I can't I can't get mad at you because I chose to trust you. If True. that makes any sense. True. So with not being able to say, you know, I can't. I'm not going to go. Oh, she got 334 followers. Let me look see. You know, oh, I don't know this person. You know, no, he follow her, she follow her, he, she follow him. You know, who is this person? Who is this? You know, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's something that should be done. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, I it, it, it goes to the old, old well, well, who's that? Oh, that's Johnny. Well, who's Johnny? You know Johnny. No, I don't know Johnny. That's why I asked you who's Johnny. Johnny, Johnny. Just because you say his name twice doesn't make <laughs> me know who he not, is. It's not a refresher at all. <laughs> You just pissing me off. Yeah. So you know, at, oh, that's Johnny. We went to school together. You know, we, we went to fifth grade together. You know, this, that, and that. All right, cool. That's enough for me. But I'm not even going to ask that question. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that I don't care. It's because I don't know the history there. And no matter how much you sit here and tell me, I will never be like, oh, hey, Johnny. You know, y'all went to fifth grade together. Y'all was in science class together. You know, that one day and. You know, 1995, she forgot her pencil and you gave her a pencil. I really appreciate you for giving my wife that pencil because she's a scientist now. And I appreciate it because she wouldn't be a scientist without you, Johnny Johnny. Johnny Johnny. It's done. Yeah. That was my number one. Yeah, my, my number two, I guess, can link to your number one because my number two, um, if I if I state this correctly, is I a lot of women out there in this dating pool definitely show signs of having a low self-esteem just by their their validation seek, seeking and their insecurities that they show. And a lot of times they show it through social media. Um, I think it's a lot of it's a lot of women in our dating pool that that um it's either it's crazy because you have beautiful women out there that constantly feel the need to let everyone know that, hey, you see my beauty? Look at me. And then they're looking at their likes and they're looking at the um the amount of DMs that they get to make sure okay I'm still popping I'm still popping and to me that that coincides with having that that midlife crisis that a lot of us are slowly entering into and they don't realize it a lot of them are entering it early because with that social media obsession and with the fact that you're seeking validation and through you know trying to act like your insecurities don't exist 
you're 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 comparing and you're competing, and that's that's gonna that's gonna lead you to um, an unstable playing field that you're going to regret later on because you didn't just accept you for who you are. Like we in the black community, especially, or I'm not even gonna say that us in this digital era that we live in, we know about self-love. I, I say it's across the board. I wouldn't even say it's just black. Exactly. That's why I said, that's why I said this board. digital era that we live in, we know that we all know how important self-love, self-care is to one another. Like, you have to be able to be comfortable with yourself before you jump into this relationship because these bad habits that y'all have on social media, they're not going to change when you get this guy that's possibly just a seven. You know, because... A lot of women out there are going to settle for a guy that's just a seven. And a lot of women out there may not even consider it settling because he's a seven, but them being a seven and not a 10 and you're constantly on social media comparing, it's going to bother you after a while. Because one day you're going to go online, you're going to be like, oh, damn, you know, you know, uh, Jennifer has this this nice looking guy. You know, he's, he's a 10. And I come home to my guy, he's a seven or an eight. And it's like, you, that's what the social media obsession leads or to. Or even with all these Insta thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, 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 I, and I say Insta thoughts, I use the term loosely because, you know, they're the ones that are just out there half naked. They're the strip club, the strippers, the prostitutes, like you said, the or uh, the escorts. They're the bodybuilders. And, yeah. You know, you're. Insta thoughts is gender neutral, by the way. It's yeah. men oh, out yeah, there definitely. that are Insta thoughts, too. And, and so you see your significant other follows these accounts. And you're thinking, do they want me to look like. That these person. people, you know, are, are are these the people, the body types that they prefer? Because I don't look like that. You of know, course. you go home, you look in the mirror, and it's like, no, I don't look like that. So and therefore, so you, that insecurity comes out as exactly. Well. And at that moment, right there, when you're asking yourself those questions, you should seek a positive answer. You should convince yourself of a positive answer. Jay is Jay may follow, you know, Bernice, whatever her name is, but he's coming home to me because he loves the way I look. He knows Bernice is just a. He knows what Bernice is. She's just an insta thought. She's 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 not really real. Like my chances of his chances of seeing her are very limited. What am I worried about? Everybody has their fantasies and imagination. Like like I had I had an old manager. He would say, you know, his wife would tell him, I don't care where you get your appetite at, as long as you eat at home. Man, it's it's virtually impossible for a human. To just look at one person as the the apple of their eye, it is not what's up. And logically, I tell I I like I tell I would tell my girls like I know I'm not the most attractive thing walking this earth. Exactly, I'm I'm comfortable with that. I fully know that. Exactly, but I know that I bring more attributes than just my looks. This person might be dumb as a bucket of rocks and broke and broke, but they look good. They work out all the time, so yeah. they got a nice body. Yeah, you know, it, and that and that body's only gonna get you so far. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and that's not saying that's always the case, but it's a possibility. Yeah, with this man that you're with, ladies, you know what he has to offer. You don't have you don't have to guess. You know, and if that's not enough, that should be the reason you leave. Not because Larry has a six pack and you think he got money, because he always in the club. Yeah, so and that's that's, that's like what J Cole said. You know. There's always going to be somebody that look better than you. There's somebody going to be richer. There's going to be a better car. There's going to be a better house. But you really just got to love yours at the end of the day. That's life. We do not live. We do not live in a socialist society where every all the wealth is spread out evenly. It's just 
that is that is a pipe dream and it does not exist in America. But yeah, that's my number two. Okay, my number two is the time bomb. Man, and, you gotta explain that one to me. Well, the time bomb being, you know, I'm thirty, you're over thirty. But the women that are in our age are reaching to that point where, you know, it becomes more dangerous for them to have children if they're not in, you know, supreme health, which majority of people just aren't. You know, they're not we don't eat the healthiest. We don't all work out and, you know, exercise like we should. So you have that time bomb going on, especially like if, if with a woman of our age. So it's to the point where everything is moving at an a unexpressed lane almost mm -hmm. like you meet somebody and it's kind of like all right you know you have any kids no me either do you want kids yeah and which i mean these are questions that you should ask at the beginning but at the same time it's like okay we both want kids cool so it's like all right you know how long are we gonna do this dating thing before it's like all right you know we should be living together we should be getting married we should be you know having kids like you know you're trying to do all of this in the next two years because I'm already 32. By the time I'm 34, I'm, I'm coming to that terms of a high-risk pregnancy. And I don't want a high-risk pregnancy. Pregnancy is already dangerous as is. So you have that time bomb of you need to get stuff done. And I'm going to keep it a buck with you women. That scares a lot of men. To know that, hey, I met you just now. And that you're trying to change my whole life in two years. Even if that's what I want, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a big change for a man. For a woman, that's naturally what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you're, you're, you're here to bear a child. And that's what you want to do. So to you, it's not scary. To you, it's, it's fulfilling your purpose. To men, that's scary because we have a completely different outlook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like to say shout out to my cousin Comfort. She just turned 38 in June and she is eight months pregnant. She will be having a baby, I believe, next month. So... I, I don't that that time thing. I mean, although they say that, you know, the high expectancy mortality rate at that age, ladies, let me tell you something. If you continue to be, and my cousin's healthy, very very healthy, by the way. I mean, she works out. You know, she's a bike rider. Yes, she stays healthy. And with that being said, ladies, if you're out there constantly smoking hookah, drinking Hennessy up till four o'clock in the morning, eating fried foods, not getting proper rest not taking care of yourself in any way, yes, you should be scared because you're not taking care of yourself. So when it's time for you to hold a child in your in your stomach, no matter how old you are, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a high mortality rate for you too. It's gonna be scary. So there are ways to circumvent that. And I really feel like with these time bombs, these time bombs are time bombs because they're lazy. And if they weren't so lazy and, and I'm not speaking on all women, obviously, but you have to factor in that laziness just based on the fact that if you know better, then do better because it's not Basically. automatic. Like your kid doesn't have to be, have Down syndrome or come out mentally retarded just because you have a child at 38, 39. That wasn't the case in the 50s and 60s, and it doesn't have to be the case now. The problem is it's your self-care and your self-love. It starts with you. Time bombs shouldn't exist. But the fact that we are so unrealistic, as Americans especially, and we're so we're so dependent on the government to take care of us, that's why time bombs exist. And that's a dangerous thing. And that's, once again, my personal opinion. Because 
I don't think that a lot of the women I talk to today are going to have a child in the next year or two. But it's a good chance they're going to meet a good man before they turn 40. And that possibility of having a lifelong, a long life with the kid that they get to see making a 25 is still possible. You don't die in America until... I'm not saying you don't die. It's not like you have an actual expiration date. But the average death rate for an American, and I believe women is higher, is around 75. So if you're already clocking out mentally and you're not even halfway there come on you're not even halfway there my mom's 70 so come on like let's just be real like focus on maintaining a healthier lifestyle and the chance you will increase the chances of attracting that type of energy you want and when i say energy i mean people and situations that will benefit you in the long run and I always tell myself, like, you know, when I when I get to that point in life where it's like, hey, let's get married, let's have a kid. I think both of us should strive to be in the best shape that we have ever been in. You know, like we need, we need an exercise regimen. It we ain't about right six packs. Because it's not about six packs. <sighs> because it's like whatever we eat, it, we're passing it to this child. Yeah. Especially once she's already pregnant. Like once you're you're significant other I, I almost said wife you know you know how we do shit. gotcha gotcha but you know once she gets to the point where she already, whatever she eats she's passing to this child so if you're just living off of fried chicken and and all this other stuff you're no passing water that, no water you know you're not giving that child the nutrients that the child needs so you need to eat these baked meats and these fresh veggies and fruits yeah. you need to drink the water you if you want you you need to be proactive if you plan on reproducing in the future. and you need to and, and that's not like okay i'm pregnant now let me start no, you need to be healthy going into yeah. it. You know what you want. You are the you are the architect, the engineer of your future. Act like that's what you want. Because if a dude sees you out there wilding and you out there just thotting it up, not living a healthy lifestyle, he's probably not going to want to really fuck with you like that. No. He might do it on accident, but it ain't going to be on purpose. And you're going to be in a situation where he's looking at you like, like, damn, you trapped me. <laughs> and the reality is that's why a lot of men feel like that because they're dealing with a woman that's like she ain't about that life just based off her actions just like a, a woman and women are notorious for this you can say things you can do things and a woman is is more prone to draw a conclusion off of those things that you do and say rather than ask the question to get an actual answer like we both genders do this but women almost have a a freaking master's in it, a PhD in nonverbal communication that leads them to frustration. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like the time bomb. I like that one. My last one, um, I, I'm just going to say a flat out liar. And a lot of times they're disguised as these born again Christians, these, I don't care, these Catholics, Muslims, I don't care what it is. And really it ties into, into one too. It's this woman that's putting on this face of of perfection, but now she has a label on it, and it's almost like meant to scare you away. It's almost a manipulation tactic, and I see it a lot. I had a brief little stint where I'm um, just fucking around on an online dating site, and I'm sitting here looking at some of the the descriptions that women put forth, and it's like, I'm a Jesus lover. I love Jesus. Church every week, blah, blah, blah. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything because at the end of the day, there are people out there that really know you. And I guarantee you, 
a lot of a lot of women, especially women under forty, do not walk that way. They don't carry themselves like that on a day to day basis. Talk about I love Jesus, blah blah. You was just at Chacho's four in the morning. After shaking your ass on the dance floor, yeah, you about to go to church three or four years, three or four hours later. But think about all that that just happened in twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. God saw that. I might not have saw it, but God <laughs> saw it. Your God saw it, and I think a lot of men come across that now because a lot of women, when it comes to getting your life together, getting your life right, that's what they're gonna run to. They're gonna run to Christ, and then as they run to Christ, it's almost like the only people they put that picture up for is the men they're dating. Because they homegirls know who they are. Yeah. But that man, he's seeing this, 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 this uh, born again, uh, evangelist, beautiful person. But it's like, let's be real. Like, I, I know somebody knows who you are. I'm not gonna fall for this, this, this little cutout that you're giving me because I know that there is more to you, especially with the 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 especially in this age that we live in. It's very hard to stay focused on a religion like that, especially if you've already tasted that side of temptation. It's hard. So instead of being this fake born-again Christian, come come to a man with your flaws, be 100 with him, be real with him, and, and you may get further because that is not a real helpful tactic in landing a man more than likely to just run him off. Like, like Joe Budden said, you know, I've heard gospel from the lips of a sinner. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it, yeah, that that oh, I, you know church and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know, I like I that you have yeah. a, a belief system. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, is that what defines you? If that's what defines you, again, that is cool. But you know, I don't. Am, am I coming into a situation where I'm expected to be flawless because you know you walk you know this certain way, you portray this certain image of you go to church three four times a week, and you know I don't do that. Yeah, I have a belief system, but. It's not as as thorough as yours, like and honestly, that would probably push me away a little bit. I know it pushes a lot of men away because a lot of men and I, I a lot I, of men are taught that we are flawed regardless. Exactly, and, and I've that witnessed women this. are flawless. I've seen some of the some of the most whole ass niggas out there, <laughs> some of the most flawed niggas out there. You know, getting these marriages, jump on the church scene because that's what they wife want to do. You know, happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah. But that ain't that's not and, realistic. And, and and nothing robs with husband, so yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so if if the if the value of a of a and that that right there too, that another reason why I wouldn't really just jump on board with a woman like that is because more than likely her value system is gonna is gonna be a value system that says, You need to take care of me. You need to, you know, we need to be this because happy wife, happy life. Like that's literally a philosophy that, that comes from the church, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because if you go in most of these churches, that's what they preach about. That's what I've noticed. And I think it's funny. That's why we have this dating pool that we have full of lost, fucked up individuals. Because, I mean, they don't know their path. They don't know which way to go. So you have these six these six traits that we have is, is honestly all because it roots from a system that doesn't show that both sides are imperfect. But that's all I got. What's your last one? My last one, my number three is baggage. Baggage? Kids? No, no. Kids aren't Uh, baggage. I don't don't, know. Kids are life. Okay, okay. You're you're gonna have children. You're, that's that's a life experience. Okay. When I, when I mention baggage, I mention that 
as something we've been talking about this whole episode, something we've talked about through the history of this podcast, where you get into those, you know, all men are dogs, you know, all men ain't shit, all y'all, y'all all cheat, y'all all lie, y'all all do this, y'all That's all do this negativity. It's it's bitterness, and it's also that's your personal experience. You know, that's your choice of man. Every man that you you went after cheated on you. Every woman that you went cheated with you. You attract you know, that energy because that's of the energy who you that are. you attract. You're trying to talk to somebody that's in a certain lifestyle, whether it's it's a, a non monogamous lifestyle or a lifestyle where you know they just don't do dating. They just don't do relationships, but you're trying to bring them into that environment and they react like they always have been and they freely talk and sleep with other people. They have to lie to you to hide who they really are. Mm -hmm. So that baggage comes. He's like, well, you know, my, my ex, he did this, he did this and you a man. So you going to do this or, you know, my ex, she did this and she did this and you a woman. So you going to do this. That's the baggage that I'm talking about, that you're bringing these past feelings and emotions from a situation that happened to you previously into your new relationship. And you're already counseling this person out before you even get going. And, it, and it's, it's the pessimism of it all, because you're afraid to be have a positive attitude about this situation, about this new endeavor, endeavor because of what happened to you in the past. So therefore, you're already counting this person out. And so once you put them into that negative light from the jump. And once they start feeling that vibe, because believe it or not, people can feel those vibes. They have no motivation to do better because you've already counseled them out. You mm -hmm. already set this person up for failure. So it's easier for them to just go ahead and fail because at that point, they almost have to be flawless. And it is fucked up to expect another human being to be perfect in a relationship. You can't expect that person to be LeBron James every single night while you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. You can't Man. do that. Man. Some nights you gonna have to be LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry that torch. I like that. I like that. Um, I would just say, I mean, with with that baggage, I guess my only advice would be like, if you're if you're in the dating pool and you have that baggage, then I mean, maybe you shouldn't be in the dating pool. Right, wait for you to to drop that baggage off somewhere else. Like unload. Make unload, sure, make sure that unload. that's not holding you back anymore. And like you mentioned, you that's some self-improvement you need to do in between monogamous relationships. Exactly. That way you don't just become a, ser a serial monogamous because that's that's not something that anybody wants to come across. But they're in the, they're in the dating pool. That is that is our selection. That's what we are dealing with as men. And 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 a lot of those things go go from go both ways too. It is not just it's not just what men are seeing, but that's what the dating pool is seeing in general. And those things counteract each other. If a manipulative man is dealing with a woman that has baggage, you know, it, that's not a good, that's not a good uh, combination. If, a, if, a, if, a, um, if this escort pay for play type chick is dealing with this narcissist dude, it's, that's not a good thing. Like, so to me, once again, my advice would be for two people in the dating pool, they need to come to each other honestly. They need to know who they are. They need to know their they need to know their unhealthy, toxic traits. Yeah. It makes things a lot easier. We we none of us are perfect, but we can strive to simply be better. Every day. Every single day. But uh I think that was a, a nice fluffy episode. It's not as fluffy <laughs> as Agnes's unicorn, but it's, it was 
it was it was nice. I I, I think um, I avoided the one subject that I didn't want to talk about just because it's it's unnecessary. So I'll just I'll use it as words of advice. Okay. Um, but before we get into words of advice, and since my personally my my um. My shit is gonna be a little political. Oh shit! <laughs> Maybe I, I should go first. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just want people to, to to Google something. If if they're if they, I'll probably post it too. But um, I want people to Google. Um, uh, there was this thing I saw a long time ago, and it was about the Confederate Monument Memorial at Arlington National Cemetery, and it has to do with Obama putting or laying a wreath on there and um basically if, if you just have time to just look into that obama laying a wreath on the national uh, on the confederate monument memorial if you know anything about history you should already be triggered by what i just said but yeah that's that's my thing and then as far as words of advice goes take a little minute um, I'm just going to simply say that there are three types of people in this world. There are sheep, guard dogs, and wolves. Figure out which one you are. That's all I got. Okay. My word of advice, uh, I feel like it's a little loaded, you know, just based on the conversation that we've had. Like, I had some, I came in here with something else, but based on the conversation. Um, first of all, be honest from the jump. Mm-hmm. And be honest always through. Because as long as you're honest, they know what they're getting out of you. And it's up to them to decide if that's what they want. And if they don't want it, then cut your ties. Save your time. But as long as you're honest from the jump and being your true self, then it's basically out of your hands. Because you told them who you were from the beginning. That's why we had that tug of war, man, that reality. Because once you're telling them your truth and you're telling them who you are, People are very delusional out there, and they have this tendency to still take that message in and and scatter it, and it make make it's gonna make less sense to them. Like you can be very direct with some people, but you feel you're being direct with some people, and they look at you like, nah, I don't get it. Yeah. That's 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 what we that's what we deal with both sides. Like I always say, man, everybody communicates differently, everybody loves differently, everybody cares differently. It's hard out here, bro. Bro, I wouldn't want to be with somebody that loves like me. I wouldn't. What type of lover are you again? I forgot what you're... I forget, too. Yeah. But I just wouldn't... Because, like, I don't want somebody that loves like me. Because it's not conducive to the love that I need. The love I give off and the love I need are two different things. And people fail to realize that. People are like, well, since I, I love like this, then shouldn't somebody love me the same way? Yeah, but you might need... A different kind of love than you get some people give off love and you know i need you to do tasks for me i need you to do simple stuff for me and somebody might need the love of touch and so that those things you know like i said if, it, if they don't fit together they don't intertwine like they should then you're both going to be confused the whole time so that again that's why you need to be need to communicate and be honest with those things but also words of advice extended oh okay okay bi-directional it means involving, moving, or taking place in two usually opposite directions. Okay. So, in situations when it's bi-directional, keyword opposite directions. Mm -hmm. So, if me and you are doing something together, we're going two different directions. 
we're doing bi-directional. That's the push and the pull. Mm-hmm. I can't be LeBron every night. Some nights you have to be LeBron. Mm-hmm. So when I'm lacking, you might have to be the one that do, that does things. Mm-hmm. Everything you should you do in a relationship should be bi-directional. You should give off energy. They should give off energy. You should accept energy just like they accept energy. It should be bi-directional because you both are accountable for everything that goes on. It's not just one person doing everything. You're both accountable. So we've mentioned this a thousand times. One person isn't going to be 100% responsible for your happiness. Can't be. It's bi-directional. They're going to give you some happiness and you're going to get some happiness on your own. You're going to give them some happiness. They're going to get some happiness on your on their own. And that's how a relationship should work. It should be bi-directional. So sit back and really evaluate yourself and see if you're trying to do things bi-directionally. I like that. I like that. Um, since we extended it, the words of advice, that's, that's real good advice. Um, no, nah, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say um, for you Bible thumpers out there, uh, take a glance at Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. And uh, <laughs> enjoy your week. And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Whatever the hell that was. <laughs> Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?